We would like to welcome you to this edition of the Apostles Corner podcast. And now, Apostle John F. Morton. Greetings each and every one. I'd like to welcome you to the April 2nd edition of the Apostles Corner podcast. The subject of today's podcast is a moral divide. Let me kind of address exactly what I'm speaking of when I say a moral divide. Morals are defined as being of or relating to the principles of right and wrong and behavior, or simply put, ethical standards. There was a time when we as a country had principal standards of right and wrong, but in today's world, the truth has become whatever you decide to perceive in your own mind. We have come to a place in time where we no longer even consider the explanation of clarity that's right in front of our face. Because the only thing that matters is our own opinion. We've come to a place where the moral compass of seemingly good men is easily swayed in the presence of their mental concepts. And the already misled compass of evil men has been empowered to commit even darker works than before. As of today, our nation has had 130 mass shootings this year alone. And with each one, we continue to ask the same question. What's going on here? Our nation's legislature is constantly making every attempt to find a solution to an issue where they have not addressed the root element. I remember going through a period in my life where I had an issue with my left leg. But before going to a doctor, I did everything that I could to address the discomforts myself. But little did I know that there was no problem with my leg at all. The problem was an issue with my left shoe. The point that I'm making here is that too often we try to solve problems from a superficial perspective. But when you fix something from the top, it's going to rise up from the bottom. If we trust scripture, we know that God said that things would be the way that they are. But it's still important that we be able to understand the root elements by which these conditions have come to be. Getting to the root cause of any problem is not hard at all. The problem is getting past our own intellectual perspective of what's going on. We don't even have to get into a major explanation of spiritual things. All we have to do is rationalize the reality of what is truth and what is deception. This place of confusion begins within us, deep within us. Let's consider the old age-old image of a man with a devil on one shoulder and an angel on the other. A deception of how we battle between ourselves and the competition between darkness and light. You know, I truly believe that the heart of man does desire good. And the evidence of that is that God said he made us in his own image. That we might reflect him and emulate what's in his heart. So why do we end up in such a conflict over foundational principles and morals? These things should be basic to us. Well, let me say that all things in the physical, they are manipulated by elements of the spirit. And all things spirit are given authority through the subjectivity of a man's heart. When the spirit of anger comes over you, it's your choice if you will be subject to it or not. And in today's world, we seem to have become a people who search for every opportunity to have the right to be angry. And our most favorite place of that is in the traffic. 
The elements of your spiritual environment are just like your arms. If you go to the gym and you exercise one arm, you're going to get, it's going to get stronger. And as for the other arm that's getting no exercise, it's going to get weaker. So the spirits that you manifest the most in your life are the ones that are going to have the most authority over your intellectual perspectives. We walk in a physical realm. So the first elements of the spirit to have precedence in your life are going to be from the realm of darkness because it serves the flesh. And we want to appease the flesh. The second is the realm of light that caters to the light of God's spirit. Did you notice that I said darkness first? That's because that's the realm that is more common to the understanding and the lusts of a man's heart. For there's no good thing in the flesh. For the flesh is enmity against God who is of the realm of light. The walk of one who embraces the elements of light easily manifests the following. Galatians 5, 20 through 23 says, But the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Again, such there, against such there is no law. There was a time when these things were a common part of our everyday life. So what happened? When did the depth of our endeavors as a whole change? It's fair to say that all these attributes listed in these verses of Galatians are things that we should naturally desire in our lives. But except that we walk by the Spirit, none of these things are accessible because these are not attributes of the flesh. But let's talk about the flesh because it seems to be we're seeing more of that. Galatians 19 through 21 says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, sedition, heresies, envyings, murdering, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of which I tell you before, as I also told you in times past, that they which do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Let's face it, we have become a turned up nation. Somewhere along the way, the people of God lost focus on his will and instead allowed themselves to be configured to the ways of the world. Years ago, many of us can remember that if mom wasn't the one that kept the family anchored in spiritual things, grandma did. The reality of it is that today, most fellowships have no variance of the spirit whatsoever. This has come to fruition because the church now configures itself to the ways of the world rather than upholding the things of the spirit and being an example of a change in the world. We have become a nation where everything that we do is about getting what we want. And that concept of getting what we want begins with God. But there is a moral divide. Not all of us are on the side of this compromise. A remnant of us has demanded that we remain in the foundational principles that warrant the fruits of the Spirit in our lives. Where there is a void in the hearts of men that should desire the things of God, there's a gateway by which the enemy will bring every level of destruction possible. 
It's like I said earlier, we look for the right to manifest every work of the flesh rather than the fruits of the spirit. Some of us have held true to what we know is best, not just for our own lives, but for the people around us as well. And through this, we proclaim a blessing in the land which we stand. But we have to remain faithful in our endeavors so that the, those around us might someday, might someday come to desire the changes that they've seen in us. But if they don't see it in us, there's no evidence. I can honestly tell you by the revelation of the spirit that there is soon to come a time when the proclamation of Revelation 22:11 will stand before us. In 22:11, the Lord said, he that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. I'm saying that the time will come when God says, fine, go ahead and be exactly who you want. Personally, I prefer to be in a place of godly acceptance at the moment when all things are empowered for what it is. The end of that verse said that he that is holy, let him be holy still. The word holy is a irritation to people of the world because it takes away their right to be who they want to be. Holiness is not hard. Holiness does not mean perfect. Holiness simply means that you are in tune with a desire to know the will of God. But we got to get back to our foundational principles. The foundational principles of this nation declared the things of God that would bring us peace and clarity. We need to find a pathway for returning to where we once were in our moral principles. And here's the pathway by which we must accomplish this. What we need to recognize about the word of God is that it's not only a declaration of what we what he had to say, but it's an indicator of things to come, as well as the effects of obedience or disobedience to his directives. The following scripture is the biggest indicator that we knew the state that we would be in at this point. And in his omnipotent wisdom, he gave us instructions for getting back on path on a pathway of hope. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 7:14. If my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. Let me begin by saying that without a doubt, our land is in a state of sickness and severe need of spiritual healing. The first step to the healing of any sickness is to recognize the root element of the problem. A diabetic is instructed to take insulin, but if they don't manage their diet properly, the foundation of their problem only worsens. The afflictions of wickedness that we that have overrun our nation has a root element in spiritual manifestation. You cannot battle the spiritual through the physical, but you can manipulate the physical from the spirit. 
And here's the formula that we were given in the foundation of time, even for a time such as this. Step one, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray. We as a people have become so engrossed in the promises of God that we believe that God owes us something. In retrospect to that, we will come before him with an arrogant, demanding state of mind. No honor, no respect, and no exaltation. The scriptures say to come before him in boldness, but not arrogance. The time has come for us to approach the throne of God with a reverential fear and respect. Not just coming for our petition, but coming to hear his directives. But notice that the scriptures say, humble thyselves and pray. We must first change our self-endeavored intent, allowing humility to reign in our approach. The next point in the scriptures is to seek my face. When we were children, if we were about to do something that we knew we weren't supposed to be doing, the first thing we do is look around to see if we saw mom and dad watching. That's because even though we knew our intent was wrong, we were going to do it anyway, unless we saw them watching us. This is the same attitude that we should have with God. We will never look to see if he's watching and not see his eyes upon us. And just as we did when we saw our parents looking straight at us, we must learn to turn from our wicked ways. I remember us having a family of foster children and the youngest one uh, in particular, his name was Raymond. At the time, Raymond was about five years old and had been exposed to a very bold spirit of thievery. We would stand in line in the grocery store and Raymond would look up at you and out of the corner of his, look up at you out the corner of his eye and while he's watching you, he would slip his hand over into the candy bar box and slowly move it towards his pocket. All the while looking you right in the face so he could see that you were watching him. I recall my wife saying, Raymond, I'm looking you right in your face. And he'd, he'd express his unbridled anger and put the candy bar back. Let me, listen, what are some of the things in your life that you know You've demanded the right to walk in things that you know that you're manifesting in the presence of God and you've got no concern because as far as you're concerned, you don't care if he sees you. You don't care what he has to say about it. In this season where there has become a split down the middle of our moral compass, which side do you find yourself to be on? And what's that little thing? that matters so, has so little concern to you that you still believe that you're on the positive side of that moral compass. The side that retains all that we once knew to be right or that side that's right because you say it's right because only one of them's right. Let me tell you, this message is not about people who have decided to compromise the foundational principles in their lives. This message is about how many of us are willing to retain all that is spiritually good and perfect in the hopes that we might be able to offer a visual hope, a hope of change to them that haven't seen the bigger picture. 
if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. Then will I forgive sin and then will I heal their land. Our land is sick with the dross of sin, denial, deception, thievery, and self-endeavor. In the face of tragedy and destruction, we have no problem calling out to God because in the face of pain is humility. But when things are just as we desire them to be, just as we desire, just as we want it, just to our preference, we want God to stay out of our face and let us enjoy our lives as we do whatever we whatever is our bidding. There's not a wife on the planet that will honor a husband and all of his desires when he only considers her when he wants something. The same goes for our workplace relationships and our social relationships. We will not make a deposit where we're not getting some kind of benefit. As a nation, we have literally made the choice to embrace elements of darkness until it gets too dark for us. And then it's my God. But during the time of self-exaltation, you are your own God. We worship ourselves. We idolize ourselves. We exalt ourselves until the problem is too big for us to fix. And as far as we're concerned, it's never dark enough as long as we still have an effectual spirit of competition in the face of whatever it is that we want, don't want to accept. Let me say that again. As far as we're concerned, it's never dark enough as long as we still have an effectual spirit of competition in the face of whatever it is that we don't want to accept. Donald Trump had some good works for our nation, but Donald Trump had a lot of dark things for our nation. There were things that he would do and say, and we knew they were wrong. But in our spirit of competition, as long as we were still strong enough to resist the truth, we did it. But let me tell you something. The Lord said, I will heap unto you leaders according to your own heart. Our nation has proven itself to be deceptive and lying. That's why we came up with a no choice election with Donald and Hillary. Either one of them would have been deceptive liars. The scriptures say, cursed is the man that trusteth in man. So for us to believe that anyone could be everything that God needs for our nation would be crazy. But when we trust in men, we are cursed because men will always fail us, especially when a man knows that he can stand before you and lie and receive your assistance because you're no longer going on principles and moral values. You are now going on a spirit of competition. You want to win no matter what the cost is. It was a lie, but I won. We've been divided by many things through history. We've been divided racially and religiously. But for every divide, there is always a moral standard that, that is there that could keep us reined in to a certain level. But once, once we reach that point of moral divide, 
We are now in disagreement of the foundational things that would keep us intact. And if we're not intact, then we are collapsed. The Wall Street Journal conducted a poll to see America's view of religion and faith and how important it was to us. The poll showed that in 1998, 62% said that faith and religion was important. But now in 2023, only 39% say that faith and religion matters to them. This is the greatest indication of the fact that we have gotten away from our core values. There is a remnant of us that remain intact, not competing against what we know to be right, no matter how it comes against the lusts of our flesh. The nation as a whole is turned away from the things of God, but because of a lapse in morals, there's no hope except that we turn back to him. You can battle to fix any problem, but unless you get to the root, it's only going to come back. This is a spiritual problem. And except that we return God to our foundational perceptions, acceptances, insight, and beliefs, we will remain divided. And a house divided against itself cannot stand. There's only two directions that we can go. All things are a curse or a blessing. The eyes of God upon a nation is a blessing. But when the Lord is troubled with what is going on and he turns his face away, that is a curse. A curse not by the hand of God, but by the preempted choice of man to not have him bless their works. We're in a place where a decision must be made with each individual life. Will you stand for him and with him? Or will he be against you? His eyes are either looking on you or away. And if they're looking away, every element of darkness has power to penetrate your life, your children's lives, and your children's children's lives. Father God, in the authority of your spirit, I stand before you this morning with a desire to cry out for a blessing in the land. But how can I ask you to bless the things that are contrary to your will? Even as Jesus said, I pray not for the world, but I pray for these that you have given me. Lord, there are those that are listening to this podcast today and they're on a fence. They don't, some of them don't even know the greatness of who they are. They sometimes walk in fear, not knowing the depth of the love that you have for them. Then there are others that are listening that have not come to know you. And they're afraid to even come before you because of a doubt of who they are. But Father, I declare by the spirit that abides within us through the sacrifice of Christ that all men were made in your image with the power to reflect the glory that is you and to come back to you. Father God, this day, we declare that the persona that you established in each individual that desires to know you 
will be restored, that they will escape the alternative persona that they have taken on in life, that they may truly know who they are through your love, through your mercy, through your glory, and more than anything, through your creation. I lift them all before you this day, and I declare the joy of the Lord to be their strength, that they may have peace until such a time would come that they would understand all that you desire to do in their lives. These things we pray in the sweet, wonderful, everlasting name of Jesus, that name by which we have been given victory over hell, death, the grave, and even our own flesh. Amen. We would like to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Apostles Corner Podcast. We would also like to invite you to visit us on the web at www.theapostlescorner.com. Here you'll be able to listen to additional podcasts, read messages on our blog, and review the services provided by our ministry. And don't forget to register to receive notifications of the new posts on the blog and podcast. May every action of your day be filled with the evidence of His grace and mercy in your life.